0: The Bean Holes. It's Eric and Nate. The Bean Holes. They're really pretty great. So shut up and listen to them talk. Eric and Nate. All right. Welcome to another episode of The Bean Holes. I'm Nate. I'm Eric. And I'm Mr. Paresh Aquana. I love it. Welcome to the most comfortable podcast of this show. <laughs> 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 Yes, we uh, we're we're having Central Air uh, installed at the studio, so we are recording this while lying down on a giant sectional couch in a home, rather than our... This is our first ever couch cast? I don't think it is. It's not? I was like, we have recorded here many times. I I think Star Wars... I know we recorded Star Wars here once. Um Yeah, I think it's the first time you're actually just lying down wrapped up in a blanket. Yeah. I'm I've been gonna... I've been very sick lying down trying to power through the podcast, but instead dragging it down. Normally that's your job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nothing says comfort like a blanket burrito. <laughs> so uh today we are comfortably discussing Jurassic Park, the the film series uh and we're doing of course yeah we're kicking off our Jurassic World 2 celebration month uh with of course an incomplete but totally real hopefully somewhat entertaining history of Jurassic Park it's weird i wanted to call this month the cretaceous month um but <laughs> it just wouldn't work with our subject matter yeah which it's weird cuz um the name Jurassic park works better than any of those other eras but a lot of the dinosaurs that you that yeah. you know of are not even from the Jurassic era. Oh, absolutely. So, and it's 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 really interesting that uh I forget I forget exactly which dinosaurs but uh we'll just say like um the time between a Tyrannosaurus Rex being alive and the time between like I think an Apatosaurus or a Triceratops or something. It, there's, it's like ten times as long as the time between all the dinosaurs going extinct and us being alive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a lot of these dinosaurs did not roam the earth at the same time. So it, it's a very interesting um, concept. And there's a lot. I mean, um, just full disclosure: Jurassic Park, the original movie, is is one of my favorite movies of all time. If if not my third favorite. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite, if not my third. <laughs> my my top two favorite movies are comedies. So for like a non-comedy, it's okay, my favorite. Okay, I guess? Movie. Uh, Master of Disguise, yeah, oh, love it, and Schindler's List. <laughs> <Two> great comedy. <laughs> it's a great comedy. Um, but yeah, I this was I didn't see it originally. I was only f- like two years old when it came out in theaters. But uh, I saw a re-release when I was like eight. Yeah, and that blew my mind. Mm -hmm. seeing those because those effects even in 2018 still
1: for the most part work
0: yeah they're pretty good today it's i the only problem i have with with uh the effects today is looking at it on on the higher definition tvs we've got now yeah you you can actually see that the the uh the textures of the skins are kind of um they look like They look like a smaller animal that was artificially blown up, Um, but it looks like it looks pretty real. Right, right. Um, And as far as like the high definition scans are concerned, um, there has not been a release of Jurassic Park in high definition that has been one to one uh, faithful to the original cut, mm -hmm. because you know when you take original film and try to, you know, put it in, like, 4K or 1080p, um, they've changed a lot with, like, the colors, and sometimes... I know that there was a release in 2011 and then 2013, and the differences between them are night and day. Yeah. Sometimes the people will look plastic. They'll, like, look more fake than the dinosaurs will. Nice. <laughs> um, so what, the, what I found interesting uh, as... As uh, the genesis of this whole thing is, uh, I, I did I read the novel before the the movie came out. I read the novel before I even knew the movie was coming out. But what's what's interesting to me is the the novel was not even done yet when people were bidding on on the rights to make the movie. Yeah, wow. Um, so Creighton, uh Michael Crichton, of course, wrote the novels, and I believe the screenplay. Uh, or he's, I believe he's got. Primary credit on the screenplay, um, despite the fact that the, uh, the the next draft he wrote he wrote the first screenplay. The next draft was written by Malia Scotch Marmo. <laughs> <laughs> I great know, I love name. that word, that name. Yeah, uh, <laughs> who uh, did not actually get credit, um, but she's known for um, for writing Hook for Steven Spielberg. Oh, wow. Um, And, uh, and David Kep or Cope, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. uh, K-O-E-P-P wrote the the final draft. Um, And it took out a lot of the, it it took out a lot of the violence and a lot of the, the exposition from the novel. Um, The, you know, the explanation of a lot of the, the plot um and changed a lot of the characters. Most notably, uh, to me anyway, the the um the kids swapped the ages, I believe, of the of the brother and sister. The uh the, the girl was definitely very young and written to be annoying in the book, uh, to the point that you actually were rooting for her to get eaten. Oh, so Spielberg must have kept that character for War of the Worlds than in 2005, because talk about a kid you want injured. Yeah. So uh, Spielberg and Michael Crichton were meeting uh, to discuss a screenplay that eventually was turned into the TV show ER. Okay. Uh, Did did you know Michael Crichton made ER? Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, And during the discussion, that's when Spielberg found out about Jurassic Park and was like, okay screw all that noise, let's talk about these dinosaurs. And uh, and ultimately, uh, although Warner Brothers, Columbia, TriStar, and 20th Century Fox uh, were also bidding, uh, Spielberg, with the backing of Universal, uh, acquired the rights before the novel was even published. Yeah, $1.5 million in 1990, which is mm-hmm. an insane amount of money. Yeah. Uh, and then Crichton was hired for an additional five hundred thousand to help adapt yeah the novel for the for the like, big screen. It's like I'll I'll sell you this for one and a half million dollars and also I will make it good for another half million dollars. I, I wonder if that at the time in nineteen ninety, I wonder if uh half a million for a screenplay like for a guy who's never written a screenplay before, I wonder if a lot of screenwriters were well I'm sure he'd upset no, about I, that. I, I don't is, is it true that he never wrote a screenplay before? I I don't want to say that, but <laughs> I'm just assuming just, that an author didn't have a lot of screenplay experience. Let me. See. I mean, he was prior to this. I believe he was famous for the Andromeda Strain as a film director. Okay, so he was. Looks like yeah, he directed in 1972. Okay, so he had film. He directed The Great Train Robbery in 1979, Looker in 81, Runaway in 84, Physical Evidence in 89. Excellent. Um, boy, did you screw that one up? No, well, at least for screen pre- screenplay writing, his only film before Jurassic Park was Extreme Close Up mm-hmm. in 1973. So, all right, I actually didn't know a lot about Michael Clayton until right now. Awesome. <laughs> so the the film, the first film, is set on Isla Nublar, uh, a fictional island off the coast of Costa Rica. Um. When, when uh, a velociraptor kills an employee on the park, um, the owner, John Hammond, famously played by Richard Attenborough, also my dad, <laughs> <laughs> brings in three specialists to sign off on the park to calm down the investors. The specialists, Alan Grant, played by Sam Neill, Ellie Sattler, played by Laura Dern, and Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum are surprised to see the island's uh, main attraction are actual living dinosaurs um, which of course we find out are, are created with a mixture of fossilized DNA and genetic crossbreeding and cloning. Dino DNA, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, Dr. Grant is a paleontologist, Dr. Sattler is a paleobotanist and um, <laughs> which they they didn't give enough credit in the movie like there's a part where she actually is looking at the plant life and like those are recreated as well from yeah those eras she's like this this plant has not been like seen in millions of years yep that's it like and that to me is more impressive because they explained so much about how they brought dinosaurs back to life. How did they bring the plants back to life? That's just, I don't know. <laughs> and my, my favorite thing is the guy specifically brings in chaos theorist, Ian Malcolm, the guy who's, whose whole reason for living is to point out how you can't control anything. Famously, you know, saying a butterfly flapping its wings in South America can create a tornado in in, uh, in the Midwest, in in the United States, you know, that kind of thing. um. And so they bring this guy in to look around at the park and be like, yes, I have evaluated absolutely everything and it is completely safe. And I'm sorry, like, the one thing that always bothers me is that the, the backers had no dinosaur experts before this moment. They're like, they didn't need any. <laughs> they were just like, what, you're making a park of dinosaurs? Awesome. Dinosaur kills somebody and they're like, Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's going Dinosaurs on? Dinosaurs are dangerous? <laughs> you need to bring in these experts. Why were they not called in originally? Um no notably the uh the velociraptors were, were consciously made to be a much more fearsome dinosaur than than they were in reality. Um, a real ve- velociraptor's about the size of a turkey. And honestly, looks a lot more like a turkey than they, than the Velociraptor in the movie. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty damn close to being a turkey. The turkeys was a big are pretty. Claws. Uh... If hey, you put those claws on a turkey, I'm not going anywhere near it. Yeah. Um But yeah, as as we know now, and we're starting, we're just starting to accept. At the time that the the movie was coming out, it was just starting to be discussed. Really, dinosaurs probably had had feathers. Um, and we're a lot closer to being birds than they were to being lizards um and Unfor- but, unfortunately like with the uh you know kids love like two things like boys love two things Like growing up it's like cars and dinosaurs yeah and with the amount of time we've spent thinking that dinosaurs look like big lizards it's going to take decades to transition that well, especially with like they they kind of, it was becoming an accepted theory at the time of Jurassic Park that that dinosaurs probably had feathers on them. Now it is just pretty much fact. You know, it's it's it is the most commonly uh, held view by scientists of what dinosaurs looked like. Um, that they had all these puffy feathers all over them and stuff. Uh, the, but now Jurassic Park is you know completely they're not going to start suddenly making them look differently Let, right, Wow. Right. look different um they've got to go with the world they created and uh you know I think I think they are starting to actually put in little touches of feathers here and there kind of work it in but but the velociraptors we've got in the movie are the velociraptors we've got you know um but another thing I found really interesting is the Dilophosaurus, uh, which is um, when Nedri played by Wayne, De- Dennis Nedry, played by Wayne Knight, when he's trying to escape the island, and he gets the do you know that dinosaur that? Oh the, yeah, the, the thing on his neck pops up and shakes and he it spits venom all over him. Oh yeah, Steven Spielberg completely made that up. He was like, "I want a dinosaur that does this." And people are like, yeah, that no, there's, there isn't one. He's like, okay, so we have one anyway. (laughs) And it really like for as much as, um, science, like real life science has gone against the series, especially when Jurassic world came out, a lot of people were upset of like, you know, Hey, look, they made dinosaurs look the way they thought they did in 1993. We know newer science and you're still making these things look like this in 2015. Um, Then science turned around and said, "Well, (laughs) such as all of science turned around. Well, they were like, if you're like engineering your own species, yep, then you you're just creating your own animals. This is fine. Like this works. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for turning around (laughs) and saying, thank you, science." science. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So of course I don't think we're going to go beat by beat the plot plot points of of the whole movie but we've got Dennis Nedry aka Newman uh I didn't say Jerry well, Seinfeld but. was right the whole time <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a dick <laughs> Um I forget He's I think a- we we touched on this um when we did our Jurassic World preview podcast thing a couple of years ago but uh I forget if if the shaving cream can it was an actual product placement, a Barbasol product placement, or if they just used it that way. Please look into that. I'm looking um, it up right now. So, anyway, he, uh, yeah, he gets hired by a competitor to get some island. Okay, oh, yeah, wow, get some island. <laughs> I need to get some island. <laughs> get some embryos off the island, uh, and and he. Is the one that causes all of our problems, really? Um, <laughs> yeah, there's like a there's like another InGen is the company, yep, making the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. um, and there's a just a rival like DNA company out there that obviously is not f- as far along and <laughs> DNA company. They they pay Genetics, uh, yeah. Dennis Nedry some island <laughs> to to get some of those uh, embryos. Um, of course he is not successful because he is murdered by dinosaurs. Um actually the I think the the comps are the ones that end up doing him in, even though the the made up Dilophosaurus is is the one that knocks him down in the first place. Um So I couldn't find uh if it was actual product placement, but in the novel mm-hmm. it was actually uh Gillette. Shaving cream. Uh oh So. Well, that is interesting. Uh, That, to me, means that... Steven Spielberg prefers Barbasol. (laughs) And is like, look, we're just going to make this slight change. Um, Either Gillette did not... You know, either Gillette did not want to be associated with the downfall of Dinosaur Island, the movie, or uh Barbasol just paid more. I don't know. Well, that wouldn't be the first time. Didn't M&M's decide not to be a part of ET? Yeah, Spielberg's got a lot of uh he's got a lot of product placement in his movies that that like, like kind yeah. of it, well it makes a secondary brand become uh much more popular. We can't trust this Spielberg guy. What is he? A big <laughs> movie director or something? <laughs> to be fair at least with with et um the he was not he was not really spielberg yet (laughs) i mean he was always spielberg from the day he was born yeah but you know not movie director steven spielberg yeah yeah so anyway uh hold on to your butts because um we're about to continue discussing this yeah uh that. So yeah, no, just uh with Dennis Nedry mm-hmm. getting the embryos, his plot happens to happen at the same time that these dinosaur experts are visiting the island, right? Hell breaks loose, park shuts down, which means all of the security measures put in place, shut down, mm-hmm. dinosaurs get free. Yeah. Eats lawyers on toilets. (laughs) Um, yeah, the T-Rex chases down the Jeep. Um, everybody runs in every direction and we get individual little subplots. Muldoon says, clever girl. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, she was a clever girl. Absolutely. Um. But yeah, everybody, everybody makes it through the day. If you don't know this, like, why are you even listening to us? There's why, who no wants staff to- in that park whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he hires uh, Dennis Nedry, uh, Ray Arnold, played by Samuel Jackson. Yes. And Dr. Henry Wu. He has like, Woo! oh, and then Robert Muldoon. He has like four people working for him <laughs> in this multi billion well, dollar park to be fair the park isn't open yet but yeah you'd you would figure there would be people actually you know bringing the goat to the t-rex for him to eat uh and and like anybody with tasers or <laughs> i imagine in 1993 at like very dangerous zoos they at least had tranquilizers like yep there was literally well no, i mean Muldoon had tranquilizers was this one guy You know, it's one thing if you put him in charge of, like, you're in charge of this one dinosaur. (laughs) That's your one guy for the whole park. It's like, all right, Mr. Muldoon, the park is uh, completely down right now. All the dinosaurs are out. Get to work. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, obviously there was an incident with with. Uh, some of their animal handlers so there were animal handlers you know the the inciting incident for this was the velociraptor attacking and killing someone maybe what happened was that guy died and hammond was like you know what everybody take the weekend off they were all at the funeral (laughs) everybody was at the funeral like somebody just got a a a beaver response like Dinosaurs or parks down, dinosaurs freed. <laughs> They're like, oh damn. Good thing, good thing we're not there right now. Um so of course we then have uh everybody, everybody we care about anyway, uh makes it through the day. They go home, and of course, you uh you you know that Hammond regrets everything and says that you know we really shouldn't have uh, done this and there's of course some theories saying that the reason he brought Malcolm in the first place is because he knew that a chaos theorist would never say yes everything's okay that that Hammond felt kind of railroaded by InGen and, and had been regretting what the park was becoming he wanted a nice habitat for dinosaurs to live in and they wanted Disney World um with dinosaurs and and so there's you know it's quite a popular uh theory or interpretation of the movie that Hammond actually wanted to make sure the park never opened um that being said that's kind of kind of shot to hell when we find out there was a site B when we come to the sequel which um wasn't even intended to the Lost World written by Michael Crichton was only intended to happen because Steven Spielberg came to him and said, "Yeah, he was like, please write another please movie. write a sequel. Yeah, I would I will make a movie if you make another book." And Michael Crichton was like, "Uh I can't. I'm pretty sure I killed Malcolm in the book uh <laughs> and just ignore that. He's <laughs> fine. That's a, I mean, that's one of the biggest things too between the book and the movie is that uh Ian Malcolm dies." Yeah. Um, but obviously, you can't kill Jeff Goldblum. It's in his contract. It's not only in his contract; it's an immutable fact of reality. Yeah, don't do it. I've tried. <laughs> um, so that, you know that was released four years later, Lost World Jurassic Park, which is yeah. arguably not as good. Um, when you take the comedic relief and make him the straight man lead, yeah, just doesn't work. When he also has to play comedic relief at the same time. Um, Sexy comedic relief And uh, And then that was followed by Jurassic Park 3 in 2000 <laughs> With all the detail we went into for the first one Because so, well, like, the first one's so good Yeah And Jurassic, and Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 is is definitely the, the worst Out of all of them But that's not saying it's a bad movie It's just The one I'd least want to watch Yeah um, That one brought back uh Sam Neill as the uh, as the main as Dr. Grant, yes as the main hero uh, again. Of course he was like, I will never never go back to that island. He's like, he's <laughs> and a, they're like, We have a sack of money. <laughs> no, and then they're only like you, you just have to fly us to show us where the island is. Yeah. You don't have to step on it. Yeah. And then they just like land to the plane and they're like, All right, everybody off. And he's like, What are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> um, now I forget. Is the third one even on the island that he went to to begin with? I thought the second and the third are both on, on Sorna. Um, I am checking that right now. I think, right. I think you're correct on that. Actually, that might be another way they he when he was like, "I will never go back to that island." They're like, "Actually, it's a different island." Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He actually made that noise, too. (laughs) Yeah, that is on uh, Isla Sorna. Isla Isla, 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 Sornut. Isla Sornut. Um, Sornut? (laughs) No, thank you. I'm fine. Um, That one was actually directed by Joe Johnson. Um, Oh. You don't say. Yeah. uh, I guess Steven Spielberg did not want to. uh, I think he just didn't like Sam Neill. Yeah, Sam Neill is a very... He works in the first movie because of all of the other characters, but when it's just him and a mustached William H. Macy running around an island. Mustached. Mustachioed. Mustachioed. Um, yeah, it's a little weird. It's, it, it, the whole thing's just a little weird in every way. Um, but, yeah, and i I don't think, I think this one would have been even weirder if they had gotten um, Harrison Ford to play Dr. Grant as they originally wanted to, but... Um, Which fits. it, it like when Oh, you, well, they, I mean, they hired Sam Neill, and they were like, here, we're going to dress you up like like a palette swap of Indiana Jones, okay? Another movie with a fedora. That was, <laughs> actually, that was way too... Uh, you can That's a bad Harrison Ford that impression was, because you can hear what I'm saying. Yeah, that was more like a Nick Nolte. <laughs> Who was originally up for Han Solo, so there you go. Full wow. Circle. Whoa, full circle. All right, keep on being it. Every Camden.